Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. As if the national press were not liberal enough or su- sufficiently committed to the national left-wing agenda, big philanthropy is throwing hundreds of millions of dollars to make local journalism also align with the left-wing agenda, or, or excuse me, be revitalized. The Press Forward Initiative, announced by the left-wing MacArthur Foundation, may claim to be independent of ideology, but the funders list suggests that the goal is to make local news look more like the New York Times, if not the New Republic. Joining me to discuss these developments are my colleague Parker Thayer and Capital Research Center President Scott Walter. Uh, guys, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here. So let's set the scene. Uh, Press Forward is announced by the MacArthur Foundation. Who are they? Well, the MacArthur Foundation is one of the biggest funders of uh, left-wing activism, activism dating back to, gosh, I can't even remember when they were founded, but the, basically their entire existence dates. Uh, unlike things like Ford and Carnegie, are, are they uh, Scott? Maybe Scott knows. Are they a like founded by capitalist, hijacked by socialist foundation, or were they a socialist from the word go? No, no. It's a, it's a, it's actually a, a classic study in the the dangers of ever creating a permanent foundation, which maybe uh, even should be against the law, but in any event, is a very dangerous thing. Um, I have literally met with donors to Capital Research Center who knew Mr. MacArthur. He was a classic eccentric conservative billionaire. He owned a huge office building in uh, Palm Beach, and uh, he had a fabulous penthouse office in it that he never visited. The way he conducted business was he sat in the dumpy little coffee shop in the lobby of the building at a little <laughs> table with a constant, uh, a constantly refilled uh, coffee pot and a tiny little spiral notebook that he would occasionally make notes in <laughs> and a telephone in front of him. And there would just be an endless parade of people coming to sit at the table to ask him to invest in their thing or support I mean, this I mean this is this is like ancient Rome when you when you when the ancient Roman major domo guy would sit and all his clients would come in <laughs> and you know ask for favors and yeah. for law, law advice and whatnot. Loans and, <laughs> in, as I said or investments for the rest and uh, as I said I've you know I've met people who would observe him doing this and the the terrible thing is though that he made because he was such uh, a productive citizen. He made billions of dollars. He famously said um, to his board uh, toward the end of his life when he set the foundation up, I figured out how to earn the money. You'll have to figure out how to spend it. That's a really bad way to give away billions of dollars because that board included his uh, son who really did not like him and was a very hardcore leftist. And within just a few years of uh, daddy going to his reward, the son has uh, had big fights and thrown off anybody on the board who wasn't left-wing. And so almost from the very beginning, it's been a left-wing disaster. And then, uh-huh. frankly, I would say, I mean, this is the thing about these foundations. They steal the money, right? Daddy mm-hmm. never wanted any of these things done, but lefties who are very greedy. I mean, it happens It happens so often that our, that our uh, dearly departed late colleague Martin Wooster wrote a book in, I want to say, four editions. Yes. On, uh, I mean, Parker mentioned Ford. That's sort of the the textbook yeah. case, but all sorts of places. Uh, the Pew Freedom Trust, now part of Carnegie, the Charitable Trust, Carnegie, Rockefeller, Rockefeller. Yes, down the list. So, if you happen to have billions of dollars and are listening to this, do not set up a permanent foundation. 
it will eventually go bad and usually pretty quickly. So, well, the, so, so the latest part of the going badness from MacArthur is this press forward. Not at all a revolutionary sounding name. It has yeah. nothing to do with socialism. Yeah, it, it's independent of ideology, but it has the word forward in it, which is used in basically every progressive left wing message that I've read in the last 2012 was what? 10 years ago now? 11 years ago? <laughs> um, so, so yes. Uh, who Who's involved with it? Who? What's the sort of background of this? Uh, Who's who's behind it that would make us think that this is going to be less than an independent of ideology yeah. program? Uh, so Press Forward is, uh, you know, uh, as their name suggests, is uh, funded. I, I think the MacArthur and all of their partners are planning it's $500 million, to be exact, uh, to invest in local journalism to improve it, they say. Um, partners, uh, according to the Press Forward website, include places like the Joyce Foundation, uh, the Knight Foundation, which is uh, one of the most active funders in the nonprofit journalism uh, space, they're heavily involved with the uh, ProPublica smear yeah, campaign. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think court. it's the the foundation of the founder of the Knight Ritter Publishing. Yeah, he, he made his fortune in local news, and is now money will be it, you know maybe it is not a case of abuse of funds, but uh, uh, as the MacArthur Fund renews, but uh, the Knight Foundation is now uh, reemerging. The Knight money will be reemerging into. Uh, whence it came. Um, other partners, uh, there's uh, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, which I think is just outright socialist nowadays. Uh, it may be. It's um, it's big. It's big deal is oh, pub, is public health. And speaking uh, of outright socialism, also the William and Flora Hewlett <laughs> Foundation, which uh, we have extensive research. Our colleague Robert Stilton writes on them. Yeah, uh, they're, very they're prolifically. Very very anti-capitalist group. Back to Robert Wood Johnson. Their deal is more uh, nationalized. The nationalized healthcare. Uh, Nationalized healthcare. They spent a lot uh, supporting the uh, the COVID regime back when that was a thing, and I believe they fund. I give me thirty seconds to look it up, uh, but uh, I believe they funded the, uh, the, the 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 holdout back the people <laughs> CDC guys. Uh. Uh, and yes, they did. $150,000. Uh, they funded the people CDC guys. Yes, the, forever uh, the, the, the forever maskers, the forever lockdownists. Yeah. Uh, so well, that's who those guys are. Certainly the attitudes of the funders will have no influence over local news once they spend $500 million to capture local news. Yeah, and let me just say, though, as somebody who has written about this um, for quite some time, that arguably the beginning of this kind of big philanthropy effort to infiltrate and uh, and propagate their ideology through local journalism, probably the first classic example goes all the way back to 1993, when a fair number wow, so of our so listeners. So what I what I was going to suggest what I was going to suggest was the timeline was like internet comes along, all the local newspapers that had made all their money on classified ads and sold all their newspapers with like the high school box scores. All start going bust because everyone gets the high school box score online and the classified ads from the internet. Yep. Uh, but apparently, it was before that. Yeah. No, it, uh, the, now the Pew. To to be fair to the Pew folks, who by the way, again, that money came from Sun Oil, fiercely conservative Republican family. Uh, so again, stolen by leftists. In this case, uh, Rebecca Rimmel, 
uh, took it over as an executive director and took it left. And the later generations of the family smiled as she did that. Um, but in 1993, Pew created the Pew Center for Civic Journalism. Uh, and the problem was it actually got a lot of controversy because people were, were horrified uh, that there was money being spent to affect the coverage and even to insert personnel into newsrooms. So a Boston Globe executive, mind you, the Boston Globe has always been the left-wing newspaper, a Boston Globe, a, uh, Globe executive in 96 was deeply concerned about a Pew-funded, and I kid you not, this is the term, coordinator, right, who, quote... Wait, so they're going to be editorially independent, but they have coordinators. What are they coordinating? Many people are asking many questions. Here's the answer, and here's what, it was, what the Boston Globe executive said. The coordinator assigned the stories, assembled the people for forums, dealt with polls, and worked with the copy desk on what topic? Oh, the presidential race. <laughs> so again, the okay. left thinks rich people should not be influencing our politics. Billionaires, according to AOC, mm -hmm. should not even exist. Dark money, quote unquote, is but it's perfectly fine if you take their money out. If if you if you entryist uh, your way into their yeah. into their foundations after they're dead and use your, their money for your purposes. Yes, mm -hmm. and just to finish your timeline, the next hot thing was campaign finance reform, which gets enacted around two thousand and two. Again, with Pew as the biggest uh, backer of that, and of course that was shutting. Whereas the what we just talked about was forcing speech that you like into newspapers. Now, with campaign finance reform, you're forcing speech out of politics that you don't like. Although, oddly enough, it doesn't affect the billionaire foundations that give money. They're, right, right. They're you, buy, you, 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 buy a news, you buy a newspaper, and all of a sudden, you can say whatever you want. Exactly. And after that comes, almost as soon as the ink is dry on the McCain-Feingold campaign finance bill, then they launch into net neutrality, which again is... You mentioned the internet. We must control the internet. We must make sure that it is coordinated. <laughs> it seems a lot like this, uh, what the major funders of the left realized long ago is that they can do partisan things uh, with their nonprofit funding that they're not supposed to do. Yes, you, you, and, you, and, you have, and you have written extensively on <laughs> how they have done that with voter registration. Yeah, exactly. They do this with get out the vote groups. Now it seems that they've uh, realized that the media, which has been uh, Democrat stenographers for the longest time, uh, is well, available they, for right, nonprofit right, funding. Right, because the, other, because the other thing that has happened is that because people can now get their high school sports box scores on the internet, make and instruct the local journalists that they must find it's, new opportunities. It's really an excellent <laughs> racket because the left-wing philanthropists, they created the watchdogs and the journalism schools and the, uh, they funded the universities and they created the media that we now have, which is you know wildly left-wing and regularly gets enormous stories wrong um, and does not apologize for this. Which then we, led we, to one of our long, one of our one broke. of our long one of our longest profiles in terms of words on Influence Watch is on one of those stories that they got wrong on the <laughs> Trump Russia stuff. Exactly, and th th those uh, the litany of errors that resulted from the left wing uh, phil philanthropoids assault on media and journalism resulted in media going broke and people not trusting it anymore. 
Now, at the end of that process, they realize, hey, we can come in and use our nonprofit funds to bail out the newsrooms that we ruined with our influence in the first place, thus completing a giant partisan circle of backscratching. It's really something, and, and $500 million, I, I, I don't think we've ever seen, even, Scott was saying this goes back a long time, I think $500 million is still that is a, the that is, largest that is a, investment That is a today. lot. Um, you know, the largest, you know, nonpartisan quote voter registration project was $100 million. I mean, this is... I mean, how big, how big was how big was Zuckbox? Zuckbox was only four hundred million, and that was so. So, it's a, so bigger, bigger than bigger than Zuckbox. Yeah. Yes. Although, to be fair, let's be precise. The five hundred million is over five years, so it's so it's a hundred million a year. So it's one voter registration project uh, <laughs> a year for five years. Exactly. But you know, I am skeptical. That the, the beautiful thing is that even though the left has all this money and God knows much harm is done with it, at the same time they're not very bright. Because as best I can understand MacArthur and these goofballs' plans, they seem to be pretty clear that we're going to give hundreds of millions of dollars to local newspaper or local news entities so that they can just uh, be clones of the New York Times and the Washington Post. And the problem hmm. is people in Boise and Poughkeepsie are not going to read that. Well, right, because, I mean, what they would say, if I can play a little bit of devil's advocate, what they would say is, like, and and you know, what they or people like, people on the sort of other end of the horseshoe right, like Saurabh Amari, um, would say, is that, you know, good local journalism keeps the local government accountable, and as local newspapers mm. have failed, then, you know, local governments have been able to get away with whatever they want. Now, um, I think that a well-run local journalism outfit could do that. I live in the suburbs of Baltimore. God knows we need one with all the things that are going on in the Baltimore government. But I don't think the Baltimore Sun is providing that. Well, no, this, <laughs> this is the thing. To bedevil your devil's advocacy, um, the, the, these papers are already, as uh, Parker rightly says, they're, they're staffed by journalists trained in our hideous schools of journalism, which probably shouldn't exist because you don't need a school of journalism. I mean, I mean, the, the best, the, be, the, the top, I'm making air quotes, school of journalism, I believe, is the Columbia Journalism School. And as oh, we have seen since October the 7th, Lord. Columbia is not exactly the uh, finest institution of higher learning. Or, or even sanest. So here's the thing. People are not reading the Baltimore Sun because the Baltimore Sun simply uh, reprints New York Times and Washington Post stories. It does not tell you what city council member took the biggest bribe last month. It does not tell you, gosh, the union-controlled schools in Baltimore are absolutely destroying the futures of black and brown children across the city. It does not tell you any of those types of things. If, in fact, the front page of the Baltimore Sun, which could easily find such things, uh, we're, we're publishing local crime, local corruption, local school failure. They would have enormous audiences. I mean, people. I mean, people still watch the local television news because, in a lot of places, they cover a lot of those stories. Yes, it, TV news very often will show you. Guess what? Here is the horrible crime in your city. Here mm -hmm. is the failure in your local schools. Here is the corruption of your local officials. But that is not remotely what MacArthur and company. Right. And 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 it and it does make you wonder that if, you know, if you're an let's say you're a like a Matt Taibbi type, and you're a lefty, you're, but you're an intrepid investigative journalist before you're even a before you're even a progressive, and you're certainly not a party line Democrat, and you start investigating, you know, something in the Baltimore city government or something in the Maryland state government, and it come and it turns out that one of the 
in impediments to good government is a member in good standing of the democratic coalition you know a, a, a labor union you mentioned teachers unions uh environmentalist groups you see you know um and you know our our outlets that are so dependent on big philanthropy and big philanthropy's agenda going to be able to hold the hold that side to account absolutely not and i mean these what we've seen from big philanthropy donors uh, especially since 2016 is they're incapable of focusing on you know real like small projects of philanthropy well, and, they've got, and they've about, gotten more and they've gotten more the and they've gotten projects. more and it's, it's interesting state. it's interesting you brought up 2016 because democracy fund uh which was which is piero madire the ide guys mm -hmm. uh big big philanthropic project before 2016 while it was progressive it was a bit heterodox it wasn't just following the democratic party line wherever it led yeah. uh after 2016, it got a lot more into into rank and file. The great unifying force of the left <laughs> was Donald Trump. <laughs> well, but this is actually a pattern you see. I mean, what I would argue is leftists are, I, I said leftists are greedy and they steal all these billions of dollars from businessmen's uh, legacies. But they're also, in addition to being, uh, in addition to being greedy, of course, more than that, they're power mad, uh, power lusting. And so the Democracy Alliance, for instance, in 2005, um, the Democratic Party had failed to uh, win the presidency despite George Soros and Peter Lewis of Progressive Insurance, both giving it tens of millions of dollars into the party apparatus. And so in 2005, they created the Democracy Alliance, which is, still exists, has about 100 billionaires and cent millionaires on the left. Um, and and liberal institutions like the SEIU. Yes, and and the teachers union actually the the, the chairman, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, the late the chairman for, for a, for a long for a long time the executive director of the NEA uh, yeah. was the, was the chairman. Was the, and, and for those yeah. not familiar, the Democracy Alliance is one of the biggest coordinating committees of left wing billionaires in the world. That's yes. essentially yeah. that's the yeah. short. So we did. the point is, it was started in '05 because in '04 the Democratic Party had failed its leftist billionaires by not winning the election. Most so they very explicitly said, okay, the party is crap, it won't do our bidding, it won't get the job done, we are going to pour our money into nonprofit infrastructure. But within a few years, guess what? Peter Lewis, the co-founder and uh, billionaire head of Progressive yeah, he, Insurance. Yeah, he, he's the late head of Progressive Insurance. Yep. He was disgusted because within a few years, it was just one more Democratic Party bit of machinery, and it was not, in fact, staying away. So the, the point is, on the left... They, they can never for long stay away from, I want the power, I want the power now. Yeah, I, I mean, you see it with with or with organized labor. You know, it, it's just, you get it, you, you know, even when we're, even when, like, the building trades unions are fighting the Greens, it's never enough for them to actually break with the progressive movement. It's just... You know, we have to put on this fight. We're probably going to lose this fight in the progressive movement, but we're still really part of the progressive movement. <laughs> um, so, I guess, sort of in in conclusion, where do we, where do we think this goes? Uh, obviously, our our expectations for the quality of journalism seems to be uh, between zero and extremely low. Uh, but like, like, where do we? How, how do we? How effective do we think that? you know, this local news infrastructure will be for the progressive movement. Um, 
you know, do do we think that the that the right has any sort of counter to it? What are we? My my expectation for this plan, uh, this five hundred million dollar scheme, as one might call it, is that it will look uh, very similar to uh, similarly scaled projects of the left in the past, most notably states newsroom. Uh, states newsroom is a, a project of I think it's the New Venture Fund. Or it was, it spun out from one of the Arabella. Yeah, um, it, it is now its own thing. But essentially, it, it what it was was a, a large a large number of donors came together and decided to fund quote local journalism. Sounds familiar, right? We've been almost like we've been talking about this for about thirty minutes. Um, it's the exact same plan, and what the states newsroom did is basically just turned out pro. Uh, let's say, democratic left-leaning propaganda. Uh, they would copy-paste articles from a national head in D.C. and distribute them to their uh, local affiliates, which are all designed to look like, uh, you know, real local newspapers, though they are nothing of the sort. Uh, and they usually will just have, like, one writer. And together, all of these states' newsrooms look like a, a, a complete newspaper, but they're just recycling articles um, across one another. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of the same stuff here. Uh, the other large-scale effort in nonprofit journalism the left has engaged in recently uh, is, of course, the ProPublica uh, devoted smear campaign against the Supreme Court, uh, unusually committed to investigating <laughs> only the conservative justices of the Supreme Court uh, and writing articles about them. Um, clearly, someone has a motive in mind for that, and I think they also have a motive in mind for this $500 million plan. So it will be yeah, you, uh, a you, lot you, of you don't you don't spend a little bit of both the state's newsroom and the devoted, uh, you know, monomaniacal focus of the ProPublica smear campaign. Unless you're the United States government, you don't spend half a billion dollars without a motive. <laughs> uh. Yes. <laughs> However, I still say that it will, you know, on the one hand, it will be a full employment project for a bunch of uh, pathetic lefty activists. We, we are recording this on the day that uh, Vice Media has canceled a bunch of shows <laughs> and Jezebel has ceased, has been told that it will cease publication. So. I wonder where those employees <laughs> will land. Yes, this, the left's little problem, the left only has two two little problems. One problem is reality itself, because when their things are tried, you get disasters like San Francisco or Baltimore. And then the other little problem they have is that the vast majority of Americans are simply not good leftists. And so while you can pour money into the production of leftist words and websites, you cannot find a large audience among Americans for it. So, except of course in our public schools where they can be force-fed. Um, so, so for the five hundred million dollars will give employment to a lot of lefty activists, but it is not likely to turn America into the socialist-loving uh, land that the fine folks at MacArthur and uh, the Democracy Fund and Carnegie and so many other blots on the American landscape would hope. Well, one certainly hopes that you are correct. Uh, thanks again to uh, CRC President Scott Walter and my colleague Parker Thayer for joining us. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple's Podcasts, or Spotify. If you and if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.